This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. It's officially back to school but not for everyone. It's a scandal that as children are just returning to school, um, ministers are still not being upfront about the scale of what we're facing. It's vital that they publish the list of all of the schools as soon as possible. If they don't do that, we'll force a vote in the House of Commons to make sure that parents can know exactly what's going on. Shadow Education Secretary Bridget Phillipson there. It's the start of a new academic year, but dozens of schools in England are fully or partially closed due to potentially unsafe, reinforced, autoclaved, aerated concrete also known as RAC. The lightweight material was used in schools between the 1950s to 1990s because it's cheaper, quicker to produce and easier to install than standard concrete. However, it's less durable and only has a lifespan of around 30 years. Out of the 15,000 that were built in the period, 90% responded to the surveys. Only 1% of them had any RAC. Between those, we basically categorised them, or the engineers did, between critical and non-critical. The critical 52 were already uh, done and the 104 were deemed as non-critical, which the advice and guidance from the Institute Institute of Structural Engineers was to monitor those and to not, they didn't need any particular action. Over the summer, when I sent engineers in to see two uh, incidents that we could get access to, we um, identified that there was a case where a roof that had been assessed as non-critical had a a panel that had fallen. So that is what has created the change. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan there, speaking on BBC Breakfast, where she also confirmed that at least 104 schools still have RAC, but the total number could be in the hundreds. Now there is growing pressure on the government to publish a full list of all the schools affected as soon as possible. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has also hit back at those blaming him for the crisis, after claims he was warned of a critical risk to life from crumbling schools in 2021, when he was Chancellor. Joining me now is Jatendra Joshi, the Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor. This is a problem that's been known for a few years now, and the government uh, says it has been surveying schools, uh, local authorities initially, and then schools directly uh, for a few months, and and that it 
was aware that there was a potential problem in a few hundred schools potentially but this really accelerated last month when a a school where a, a previous survey had found what they said was a non-critical issue that just needed monitoring that then uh, got upgraded to a critical issue in one aerated concrete supporting one ceiling and in light of that they decided that they had to vastly accelerate this program of checks and that's why we got the announcement only a few days ago right heading into the start of uh, the new school year that 156 schools were now identified as containing the most problematic form of this concrete and that 104 were going to need urgent repairs that required either the whole school to be closed or some of the buildings in inside of those schools. So it's spelt massive disruption for children and their parents that, that the schools affected. This morning, the Education Secretary, Gillian Keegan, was saying that potentially hundreds more schools might need urgent repair work. They, the reason is, they, she says, they're still waiting on survey responses from some 1,500 schools out of uh, 24 to 25,000 or so schools in England. And uh, she's hopeful, she says, that the publicity surrounding this is now going to mean that the uh, heads and uh, local authorities involved in those schools or trusts managing those academies are going to uh, get back to the department as soon as possible so that they can get a grip on the problem as a whole. Um, opposition parties are, are saying that the government has known of this problem for years and has left it far too late and should have dealt with this much sooner. The Prime Minister has come out today and said it's utterly wrong to blame him for this. Why is the finger being pointed at him exactly? That's right. So um, the opposition parties are attacking Rishi Sunak uh, for decisions he made when he was Chancellor of the Exchequer beginning in February 2020, uh, when he cut the budget for school repairs. And those attacks have really been turbocharged this morning by an interview that the former permanent secretary of the Department of Education, Jonathan Slater, gave where he said when he was at the department, the uh, officials had uh, pleaded with Mr. Sunak's Treasury Department that some 300 to 400 schools a year in England needed urgent repairs. Funding, he says, was only given for 100, and that funding figure that was then halved to mean that only 50 schools a year could receive the urgent repairs they needed. So opposition parties are saying that that means that Mr. Sunak was uh, effectively playing with children's lives and the official in question, uh, Jonathan Slater, says that he and his uh, department warned the Treasury when Sunak was in charge that there was a quite a critical risk to life from school buildings crumbling. The Prime Minister this morning has pushed back strongly on that and, uh, and said the, the government was taking this issue seriously and that these attacks are uh, unwarranted. If the PM isn't at fault, do we have any idea who is to blame at this point? Well, there's a lot of finger pointing going on, of course. Part of the issue is that the government is accused of, um, for ideological reasons, paring back the budget on school repairs because it wanted more money for uh, innovative new um, schools such as free schools. The government denies that, but 
for sure there's a lot of blame um, being apportioned now and a lot of uh, counter-arguments being made. The Conservatives, Ms Keegan this morning, saying that Labour themselves knew about this problem uh, when they were in power up until 2010 and, and did nothing to fix it. Labour, for their part, counter that actually they had a very ambitious programme of school repairs and building going on, which when they took power with the Liberal Democrats in 2010, the Conservatives put a halt to. How this plays out is going to be a question of who, who gets more, uh, which argument gets more credence, but certainly for parents up and down the country anxious to know about the safety of their children they're going to want to know that these repairs are being dealt with as soon as possible and uh, beyond that certainly I, you would think there's going to be a political price to pay if this narrative sticks that that the uh, Tory government's successive Tory governments in the last 13 years turned a blind eye to this. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more from the Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor, Jitendra Joshi, on how it's not just schools that are being impacted and the bubbling row over who will be made to pay for these repairs. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Still with me is the Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor, Jitendra Joshi. Now, obviously, we've been discussing schools mainly there, but it's not just schools that could be impacted by this concrete, is it? That's correct. So we know of concerns surrounding hospitals and court buildings, among other parts of the uh, public sector estate. A number of uh, hospitals were already being rebuilt and the government says it's uh, committed to 20 new hospitals. And um, that in itself is mired in controversy because the question is, when are those buildings going to be uh, ready and are they in fact entirely new or just um, old old money that is being recycled and old buildings that are being patched up? Um, at least one court building in London, in Harrow, um, was uh, was affected and has, has had to close because of this uh, issue with the rack, con- concrete specifically. So the problem certainly does go wider than schools. How long could it be until these problems are rectified? Well, that's that's the other issue for concerned parents. What? How long is this going to take? We're not getting um, any particular clarity on that. Miss Keegan again this morning was saying it's going to they're going to work as quickly as possible. They've got uh, structural engineers on the case. They've got remedial work going on in the meantime, propping up classrooms. Uh, her argument is that um, they've acted as, as as quickly as they could once they understood the scale of this crisis, and uh, they're not going to waste any time on getting to grips with it. So in parallel to all this, the major concern for parents is not knowing exactly uh, which schools are affected or for the public at large to not know. The government says it intends to publish a list this week. It wants parents to find out first from their schools uh, once those schools have been notified by the Department for Education rather than finding out secondhand uh, from the media. 
and that it wants to reassure concerned parents of whatever work is being done at those schools so they're not uh, they're not operating in an information black hole but again this this all is all taking a bit of time meanwhile public fears have been growing as to the safety of these buildings and do we know who's going to have to pay for these repairs now that seems to have turned into a slight tug of war between the Treasury Department and uh, Ms Keegan's department. So yesterday, the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, said the, go- the government uh, would do whatever it takes, in his words, and that schools uh, would not have to shoulder the costs themselves. Then it emerged that uh, the Treasury was clarifying that actually what that meant was the funding would come from government coffers, i.e. from the Department for Education itself, rather than from any new money coming from the Treasury. The concern there is then, well, does that mean uh, the Department for Education is going to have to cut back elsewhere to to shoulder a a bill for sudden repairs that it wasn't anticipating? Gillian Keegan this morning stressed that would not be the case, that they do have funds earmarked, ongoing funds for schools rebuilding, and that um, parents should not worry that there would be cutbacks elsewhere but that assurance only for now applies to structural repairs and and other physical remedial measures such as uh, girders and classrooms. Uh, What it doesn't cover yet is the additional costs that some schools are having to find money for such as buses to take kids to alternative sites. Ms Keegan said those costs would be covered um, on a case-by-case basis as uh, schools need but um, again starting a new school term, a new school year with all this added complication is the last thing that her teachers are going to need. You can read more on this story and others in the Evening Standard newspaper or on our website, standard.co.uk. And that's it from this episode of The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.